Hello everyone and welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast where we're living for preventative mental health, love and compassion. Glad you could join us again. I'm Caroline Heim and this is podcast seven in the series, Overcome Negative Thoughts, Overcome Useless Thoughts. For everyone wanting to improve their thought life and make their mind a much, much better place. Okay, so today it's Aha! So that's the root cause of my thoughts. If you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word and recommend them to others. And do remember to catch us on Thursday nights on YouTube on our live stream pod show, Late Night Lies. In these turbulent times, it's so important to have useful thoughts and to empathize with others. Here's Dr. Christian Heim. Hello, everyone. Today, we take an axe and hack at the root causes of your useless thinking. To kill a tree, you sever its roots. To kill your useless thoughts, you find and sever their roots. This will take aha moments. We will venture just a little bit into the world of psychoanalysis to look at things that are based in early childhood experiences to help cut down deeply rooted useless thoughts. After all, useless thoughts cause conflict. I have these thoughts, but I don't want them. And according to psychoanalysis, to overcome internal conflicts, we've got to dig down to the roots, expose them, work through them, know them, understand them, gain insight from them, resolve them where possible, and move away from them to something more enlightened. Insights, realization, these help solve the problem. Let me give you an example. Everybody has a fear of dying, but in some people it reaches epic proportions. Jonah was tempted by thoughts of dying all of his life. Why? The answer was in his early childhood. You see, his grandparents survived the bombing of Dresden. During the war, my grandparents and my mum were displaced many times. They trusted no one until they got to Australia. Near the end of the war, they took refuge in Dresden. It was firebombed, fleeing from cellar to cellar, hearing explosions, smelling burning flesh. My grandparents and my mother, they saw so many people dead, injured, alive, burning. It was abysmal, lots of screaming and crying. Jonah was told about this often. You're lucky to be alive. Life is short. You're lucky. Australia is a lucky country. Enjoy life while you can. Just be thankful for now. So he lived in a house of fear, but also thankfulness. So he became superstitious, fearful, but also thankful. His young brain absorbed and developed a thankful death mentality and survivor guilt. When he came to understand this, it was powerful. But when he understood it, he was able to let the past go. So he makes sure he doesn't feed or water these useless thoughts. He cuts them off at the root with reason. I'm still here. You're wrong. Sometimes he laughs at them. So he chooses to concentrate on thankfulness because that's something else that he learned from his grandparents. Can we do some of the same for your useless thoughts? Yeah, I think we can. But before we go on, I've got to give just a little disclaimer. We won't be analyzing things. We won't be doing psychotherapy or free associating or get you to look at some strange ink blots or anything like that. We will explore some of the insights of psychoanalysis and apply them to the root of your useless thoughts. The aha moments will expose the roots and sever them and stop feeding them. 
But I gotta let you know, if you have trauma in your background, if uh, your past was very, very painful, perhaps this podcast is not for you. Try to get help because we always want you to be safe. We always want you to be stable. We don't want to be uprooting things that you've actually laid to rest and it better left to rest. And I'm gonna have to trust you on that judgment, okay? All right, let's get into it. Take it slowly. Be gentle with yourself, be prepared, be safe. Unpack some of these things with a professional if you're concerned. Don't do it yourself. However, for most people that have useless thoughts that have had a pretty normal childhood background, some of these things will apply. Six insights from psychoanalysis. Number one, childhood experiences shape your adult life and your thoughts. Number two, Early life people contribute to your thoughts. Number three, your current relationships can trigger useless thoughts from childhood. Number four, your parents instilled some of your habitual thoughts and your values. Number five, you sometimes act on useless thoughts when you don't even want to. And number six, if you knew yourself better, you'd understand more about your thoughts and could let them go. We'll go through those one by one, starting with number one, childhood experiences shaped your adult life thoughts. Okay, psychiatrists all know early life experiences have a powerful impact on who you are, particularly your relationship with your mother, your father, your siblings, close relatives, the socioeconomic environment that you grew up in, or things like if you're hospitalized for a long time, or if you overcame a natural disaster, or significant people around you died, or if you were bullied at school, or if you had early success or failure in something academic or sporting, or if you were introduced to the world of music, art, camping, a hobby, or a certain author, these will have protected you. What we're looking for are patterns, templates for living that drive much of your useless thinking. We have a lot of templates for living that drive much of our useful living and thinking as well, but we don't question those. So here are some of the useful templates for living that you may have been given as a child. Here's what's useful. You can safely share love with close people. If you try, you will succeed. This was kind of the the tying the shoelaces uh, lesson. If you learn new ideas and skills, it's worth the effort. Hugs and cuddles feel good. Clean up after yourself, it's only fair. Listen to learn. Play well with others. Discipline and work are always worth the effort. Clean up your own mess. Share and treat others the way that you would like to be treated. These are all very useful patterns or templates that were given as children that most of us have. And if you don't have them, I'd encourage you to listen through the list and internalize those ideas. But here are some of the useless root causes of some useless thinking that we have as adults, and they come in childhood. Sometimes a child learns I will never get my needs fulfilled, perhaps because your mother was unavailable for a long time, or nobody loves me, perhaps because you were told you were an unwanted child, or I can never win at anything. Perhaps there were other students that just always did a little bit better than you did, or I can only rely on myself, perhaps because you were the eldest and you were put in charge of your younger siblings, 
or money is all that matters, perhaps because your parents valued money about, uh, above everything else. Or the most important thing is to look great, perhaps because a parent drummed into you the importance of physical appearances. So here's your task with this insight. Look at your list of useless thoughts and ask yourself, do any of these have their root cause in my childhood experiences? Then you look for the way your mother treated you, your father treated you, some of the experiences that you had perpetually, and you'll get to the stage where you go, aha, now I understand the root cause. It's not me, it's my experience from childhood. Useless thought, I'm now aware of you. It's not me, so you can settle down. The idea is to understand accept, resolve, forgive other people, and then choose to concentrate on the good that others did in your childhood. Because after all, you're alive, you're healthy, and by and largely, you're okay. And now that you're an adult, it's your responsibility. Don't add to your woes, understand them, let them go, and consciously plan to live life knowing that these thoughts are not from you. They're from your childhood experiences, and that will help you. Insight number two, early life people contributed greatly to your habitual thoughts. Were your parents depressed, anxious, ill, absent, abusive, harsh, or very permissive in their discipline? Maybe they were nurturing, loving, caring, gentle, or kind. Think about this. Their attitudes towards you shaped your attitudes towards yourself. Good parenting ideally feeds your love tank. But you know what? None of us actually got ideal parenting. If we got our love tank half full, we were doing pretty damn well. Okay? So to impart the feeling of being wanted is the job of a parent. I want you, I love you, you are worthwhile. And I gotta say, most parents do this well enough, but sometimes their own little quirks color their parenting. Were you wanted? Did they want a child of the opposite sex? Did they expect you to achieve a lot? So remember that children are resilient and they're able to tolerate the mistakes that any parent makes. We all do. We are all resilient. But still, some of your useless thoughts may come from parental attitudes. So your task again is to look at your list of useless thoughts. What's the root cause? If you have useless thoughts that are particularly about attitudes towards yourself, I hate myself, I'm not good enough, I have to achieve more, there's something wrong with me, nobody wants me. Could the root cause be from your parents? Once you understand that, accept it, forgive your parents, resolve the conflict, and see that people are doing the best that they could, this will free you to let go of those useless thoughts and concentrate on what you want to concentrate on. The good that they did, not your useless thoughts, but on all the good thoughts that they instilled in you. Okay, soon you'll get the hang of this, and it can actually be a lot of fun, as long as you don't dwell in the past and make too much of it. Remember, we're doing this to let go. We're trying to understand, forgive, and let go. Okay, let's go to insight number three. Your current relationships can trigger useless thoughts from childhood. There's something about the people that we get involved in today that kind of mirrors the people that were involved in our early childhood our parents and our siblings in particular. 
So a lot of useless thoughts can stem from people problems close to us, from our own partner, our own children, our close friends or people at work, and these arguments or conflicts with other people lead to useless thoughts. However, see if the root cause of these useless thoughts is in your childhood relationships. Aha, maybe that's a conflict I had with my parent, my grandparent, a sibling or that schmuck at school. Who the hell knows? Understand the relationship to understand the useless thought. See the root cause. Understand, accept, forgive and to take power away from the useless thought. So your task again is to think of your useless thoughts and think of the people close to you. Are the relationships with other people causing these useless thoughts? How would you summarize each relationship in one paragraph with the people close to you? What useless thoughts come up from the relationship? What emotions come up from you? Also, think about all the useful thoughts and all the good emotions that come from every relationship. Do you understand the emotions? Could they be related to a much earlier relationship with somebody similar? Maybe not, but maybe. And here's what we do. We aim to understand, accept, resolve, forgive, and let go so we can choose to concentrate on useful thoughts. Aha, that's the root cause. Out with you. Insight number four, your parents instilled many of your habitual thoughts and your values. So somebody comes to me and says, you know, my mum really knows how to push my buttons. And I go, well, of course she did. She's the one that put those buttons there. Parents instill lots of thoughts, feelings, and values. So here's a psychoanalytical way of looking at things. When you first appeared on this earth, for a long time, the only person that mattered to you was your mother or whoever was the mother figure in your life. Now, you were at this person's mercy. However, she did life or your mother figure did life was what you thought was reality and right. And remember that mothers mostly do a great job. Slowly, you became aware of a father or a father figure, and then siblings, grandparents, other relatives, teachers, and other people. And here's the thing. Remnants of all of these people are in, actually inside you. They gave you some of their values, and this becomes a part of who you are. So let's talk a little bit about values again, because we did last podcast and the podcast before. Values, as you can see, are really important. Family values came from your parents and their parents before. At school, religious instructors and other authority figures gave you more values. Societal values, the law, religious values, academic values, sporting, artistic, national values, cultural values, pleasure values, and much more. Now, what happens is many of these values end up in conflict. And remember, we haven't talked about any choices that you've made yet. Here's the thing. Fruit does not fall far from the tree. So in other words, you are going to be like your parents in some way. But sometimes fruit falls a long way from the tree. Okay, remember that because we all get the opportunity to reject certain values, but we usually keep our values. You are different. You are a unique human being, but you are heavily influenced by the early people around you. 
So we're talking about values. Often useless thoughts arise as a response to a clash in values. That's the root cause of useless thoughts, a clash in your own personal values. You want these values versus those values. Society tells you this, but your family tells you that. And you sort of go, oh my gosh, how am I going to sort through all of this? When you recognize some of this and actually write them down, remember WID, work with your thoughts, write it down, you can see that you have values that go in different directions. And then you look at it and you need to know which values trump your other values. And you can resolve the conflict that way. And then maybe, just maybe, the useless thought loses its power. Okay. So your task for this insight, and the insight is that your parents instilled many of your habitual thoughts and values, is again to examine your own personal values. Understand the root cause of these values. Are they from your family, from society, from elsewhere, from yourself? Which values did you forge yourself? Do you have conflicting values? Yes. Are your values in conflict with those around you? Yes. Again, what we're looking for is not to prolong the conflict, but to understand, to accept, to resolve, to forgive and let go so that you can choose to concentrate on what is useful in your life. And maybe, just maybe, having, having taken an axe to the root cause of your useless thoughts, you go, aha, that's what it is. And you can let it go. Insight number five from psychoanalysis. We sometimes act on useless thoughts when we don't want to. In other words, why the hell do we do what we don't want to do? Well, why do we do some of the things that we do anyway? Why do we do stuff that's not in our own best interests? Many of our behaviors seem to make sense, but some are totally unreasonable. Uh, if you try to explain why you do things to other people, Quite frankly, they don't understand because, well, we don't understand what is going on. Yes, consciously, we all make many decisions. We decide what to say, what to eat, who to date and who to get involved with or not. But sometimes our behaviors are shaped by forces that we don't understand and we aren't even conscious of. Let me give you a few well-trodden examples. Um... I thought I wasn't going to sleep with anybody this weekend. Um, how could I have been so mean? Uh, did I really have to show off in front of my friends like that? Oh my God, I didn't realize I was such a competitive person. Wow, I found courage and strength in me that I didn't know existed. To do this justice, we have to look into the world of drives. Psychiatrists and psychologists throughout the ages have pointed out that, you know what, we're not always conscious of what goes on. We have an unconscious mind that seems to control us most of the time. And the idea of drives, that there are things that are pushing us to do things that we don't even know about, is very important in that aspect. Now, there's been a whole host of theorists that have talked about drives. Freud really famously talked about sex drives and aggression as the two main drives. But I have to tell you, there's at least a dozen other thinkers in this area, and I don't have time to go through it all, but I will go through the main areas of drives. So the first 
main area is biological. We are biologically driven to find basic survival needs. We will be biologically driven to find water, food, and basic safety if we need it. Now, love and relationship is also a biological need because we would die without it. Sexual expression is a biological need. And all of us know how strong a sex drive can be, but do all of us understand how to keep that in mind, how to keep it tamed? Okay, relationship drives. We need love and we need belonging. We are social creatures and much of our brain is devoted to our relationships. And we can often behave in extreme and irrational ways to try to get our love and relationship needs met. If you are abandoned by people close to you, you will go to great lengths to actually re-engage with people. Uh, sometimes you might even surprise yourself. That's fine. That's okay. It's a drive. Self-expression is another drive. We actually feel the need to be ourselves, to be creative, expressive, and assertive and purposeful. We crave recognition just to be ourselves. And this can drive our behavior. When biological and relation needs are already fulfilled, gee, I didn't say that too well, did I? When our biological and relationship needs are already fulfilled, self-expression becomes more important. We have mental drives. Okay, we do have a drive to try to understand ourselves, the world and other people. We are driven by curiosity. We want to know. We like being on the frontiers of knowledge. And sometimes people will even risk their lives to explore frontiers and to know. And then the last one that I want to add is we are driven to find meaning. We have a drive to understand why. Why us? Why the world? Why other people? So a lot of people will find meaning in religion. A lot of people will find meaning and faith in science. And psychiatrist Viktor Frankl found the search for meaning so important that he devoted his life to finding a therapy to help other people find meaning in themselves. So yes, we do have a sex drive, we do have an aggression drive, but there are so many other drives that drive us in life, even against our own will sometimes. These can be biological, relational, the need for self-expression, our own mental curiosity, or the drive to find meaning in life. And knowing about these drives can lead to some aha moments in you. Because you want to be aware of your own drives. You want to be aware how strong your drive is in the biological area. Your need for water, food, safety, sex, your relationship drives, your need for love and belonging, your need to express yourself will drive you. Your mental curiosity, how does that drive you? And how important is finding meaning in your life? All right, so to be more aware of this, we're going to look at the following. Which emotions really drive your behavior? Think about emotions like fear, shame, low self-worth, right? These are difficult emotions. Or when do you become really strongly determined? When do you find that you really want something very badly? When do you surprise yourself in your own behavior? And when have you ever been out of control or irrational? What was the driving factor 
behind that. We are looking for aha. So that's what it is. It is my drives. Look particularly for thoughts that begin, I have to, I must, I should, I really need, what I really want is. Because if you look at those sort of thoughts, they will start to look at the drives behind your useless thoughts. Now, again, what are we trying to do with these? We're trying to go, aha, now I understand. Now I accept. Now I can resolve some of the inner conflict. Now I can forgive. Now I can let go. Now I can choose to concentrate on what I believe is useful in my life. And so you want to healthily plan to fulfill your drives. And you will find that some of your useless thoughts may leave you. We're coming down the home stretch here of this podcast on psychoanalysis. And here is insight number six. If you knew yourself better, you would understand more about your thoughts. Yeah, well, that's almost true by definition, isn't it? Yeah, but let's look at it a bit closer because this can actually lead to some aha moments because this, in a sense, is the whole aim of psychoanalysis. To know the child who shaped you as the adult, how you internalized early relationships, what shaped your values, and so forth. This is all about knowing yourself better. It means knowing, understanding, and accepting that you are a unique human being, that you too have a certain mix of characteristics, be they good, be they not so good, be they useful, be they useless, you are unique. And accepting that and being authentic is a worthwhile endeavor. Socrates said, Know thyself. The unexamined life is not worth living. Shakespeare said, To thine own self be true, and then you can be false to no other person. This is authenticity, knowing yourself and being comfortable enough with yourself so that your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors, they more or less line up, okay? Uh, that what you're feeling and what you're thinking shows in your behaviors and you are comfortable with that. Now, this takes the effort of facing your real self and resolving some of your inner conflicts. And that's all the other things that we talked about, particularly drives. And it's worth the effort. So examine your life, know yourself more, have the opportunity to be true to yourself. And along the way, you'll unearth some of the root causes of your useless thoughts and you will go, Aha! And you can lay them to rest. How? With understanding, with acceptance, with resolving conflicts, with forgiveness, and letting go. Insight like this will reward you for all the effort. All right, so your task in this one? Examine your whole life. Take an afternoon, a few hours, um, out in nature, by a lake, somewhere where you can buy, be by yourself and just look at your life and sort of say, am I being true to myself? Do I know the self that I need to be true to? What can I uncover about myself? How can I be comfortable about it? The way to become comfortable about it is to understand it and accept it, forgive yourself, resolve conflicts wherever you can. But again, remember, I don't want you to get too caught up in all of this as well, because what we want to do is decrease useless thoughts. 
We want to be able to understand these things so that you can go, aha, and then let it go. What happens in authenticity and this work is what you previously didn't know about yourself. You go, oh my gosh, what about that? What was hidden from yourself, all of a sudden you become aware of. What was unconscious in yourself becomes conscious. How do we do that? We understand it. We accept it. We resolve conflicts when we can, because you know what? Often we can't. We forgive ourselves and others and we let go. Forgiveness is very difficult for a lot of people and that's a whole topic in itself. And when we're able to let go, we're able to choose to concentrate on whatever is useful. Okay, so let's go into a nutshell. This is my summary for what we were looking at today. Psychoanalytical principles help us become more aware of the root cause of things that unconsciously shape our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. They help us understand our useless thoughts by exposing the root causes. Aim for aha through these six insights. Number one, childhood experiences shape your adult thoughts. Number two, early life people contribute to your thoughts and give you a lot of your values. Number three, your current relationships can trigger thoughts from childhood because of childhood relationships. Number four, your parents instilled some of your habitual thoughts. Number five, we sometimes act on useless thoughts when you don't want to. And number six, if you knew yourself better, you'd understand your thoughts more. So the take-home message for today, aha, moments are useful. Understand, accept, resolve inner conflicts, and if you can, forgive and let go. Let go of the past by understanding it. Then you can be responsible for yourself and authentic, and you can choose to concentrate on where you want your thoughts to be. All the best, guys. This has been Dr. Christian Heim. I will see you again next time. Remember to stay safe and be just a little more of your authentic self. Aha! Is that what it's all about? That was Podcast 7 in the series Overcome Negative Thoughts, Overcome Useless Thoughts. Aha, uh -huh. so that's the root cause of my thoughts. Understand, accept, resolve, forgive, and let go to be your authentic self. But don't get too caught up in it all. Remember, if you like these podcasts, please subscribe, spread the word, and recommend them to others. And we'll see you on Thursday nights for Late Night Lies as we explore a new lie of our society each week. This has been Dr. Caroline and Dr. Christian Heim. See you for part eight.